This is Big Talk. Michael Glab here. My guest this week, I almost want to describe him as a new Bloomingtonian, but he's not. He's been around. He's got a history with Bloomington, but what is new is the fact that he's the new executive director of Stages Bloomington Theater Company. His name, Rick Armstrong. Rick, thanks for being on Big Talk. Thank you for having me, Michael. I appreciate the opportunity to be here and talk to you today. Rick, don't clunk me on the head here, because I knew nothing about stages before I was introduced to you by the illustrious Mark Cheetah. Yes. What is Stages? Stages is a youth theater company, and we are very unique in South Central Indiana, because we are the only truly dedicated youth theater in the area. We work with all types of children and young adults all the way from kindergarten up through freshmen in college. Kindergarten through freshmen in college. That is correct. But they're not all working together. Oh, well, it depends on what the project is. Uh Aha. Most of the time, uh, we separate everybody out pretty much into age categories. So kindergarten, one and two, uh, grades three through five, grades six through eight. And we have special projects a lot of times for those individuals. And when we put those age grades, those are approximate. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, just because you're maybe not in that, we wouldn't necessarily say, oh, you can't do this project. We take a lot of people and work with them the best because our goal, our primary mission at Stages is theater education. 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 And we want to take people wherever they are and get them uh, some theater education that will be not only good for a production or good for a class, but we're hoping that they'll be able to carry these skills into their uh, their public schools or their private schools or into the homeschool setting that they can um, learn a little bit with us and then take it and one, encourage other people to come and learn with us, but then also be able to take that and use those skills in other places. Now, it's interesting uh, what you say, because I'm going to read a little quote from your website. Your website, by the way, which is? Uh, Stages Bloomington, all one word, stagesbloomington.org. Stagesbloomington.org. On that website, here's the quote. Programs build passion for the arts, promote self-confidence, teach collaboration, and help young people become better students and citizens. Now, Take the word football Mm -hmm. and substitute it for the arts in this quote, and you have something that the football coach might say to try to recruit players or convince the uh, parents of students to join the football team. So is stages, in a sense, the football team for the nerds and geeks? I wouldn't necessarily always use the word nerds and geeks. I mean, I was a theater nerd, and uh, I was a choir geek in high school, in grade school, middle school. But are we not using those terms anymore? uh, We tend not to. We kind of discourage that, Michael. But, uh, you know, we still 
Some of us still self-identify. I think. You know, it's too bad because <laughs> I, I, that would have been a badge of honor for me. Well, I mean, we still use things like tech geek and things yeah. of that nature and and uh, like the Geek Squad, you yeah. know, at a very popular computer repair location. But yeah, it, it, it is funny because a lot of times these students will self-identify as I'm a theater geek or I'm a Broadway geek through and through. Yeah. And I enjoy who I am and they do wear it as a badge of honor. So back to the analogy, mm-hmm. is it like the football team for those of the more creative bent. Oh, I like that. That is good. Yeah, because theater is every bit a team effort. Uh-huh. Um, and it's very unlikely that anyone will get tackled uh, during <laughs> a theatrical event. What about stage been, fighting? Unless it's been planned. Yep. So, you know, we will have, uh, on occasions, we would have a fight call where we would teach people the proper way to attack another person at the appropriate time and make sure that everybody is safe, as safe as possible. So that's a little bit different. We try to eliminate as much of the surprise as possible. I would hope. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because we want it to look the same every time or pretty close to it. I, I like to think the theater transcends a lot of different groups. In my own experience as uh, working with high school theater, I had kids who were honors students. I had kids who were on the academic decathlon team. And then I had kids who could barely add two and two together and get four every time. They all came together in this one event. And sometimes these people might not have been together at any point. Yeah. But because they came together for the goal of making good theater, sometimes they became friends when they, in classes, they might never have crossed paths. And some of them have become lifelong friends. And and that's really what we're doing. One of our goals here at Stages is developing those relationships. And even though we may not send people off to Broadway to be performers, I mean, that's a goal. But if we make better patrons of the theater, if they understand how theater works and they become supporters of the arts as adults, then we have accomplished a really societal goal. Yeah. Because we are ensuring that the people of the future are going to be able to enjoy the arts because we've helped train people who appreciate and support the arts. Now, again, our guest this week, Rick Armstrong, the brand new executive director of Stages Bloomington Theater Company. Stages Bloomington is a nonprofit, Mm -hmm. and it offers classes, workshops, summer camps, performance experience, And it has performance professionals as teachers. It also has Rick Armstrong, who has a theater background. We're going to go into that because your background is interesting, but we'll get there. I want to learn a little bit more about stages here. When do classes start? We are offering two sets of classes this fall, and they will start the 10th of September, and they are morning classes. We are offering a Creative Dramatics Adventurers Club for our K-2 through students. So kindergarten through second grade. These are little tots. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, we're going to focus on, like, creative play and how creative play is really the bedrock of a theater experience. Okay, time out. Yeah. 
What is creative play? Well, creative play, when I was a kid, was called, here's a stack of blocks, here's a paper bag, uh, go and play. And, and don't bother me. And, and don't bother me, right. <laughs> People have begun to find, even um, in, in educational research, that uh, because of all the electronics that we associate ourselves with in, in the modern era, sometimes students have kind of lost that creative touch. One hmm. of our goals here is to really get kids thinking creatively. Yeah. Because uh, it doesn't matter what field of study, a mathematician, you could work for NASA. If you don't have creativity, new ideas aren't born. And so one of our goals here is to either encourage or begin to develop that sense of creativity. Take a stack of blocks. Take a, uh, a big bag of clay and make something or learn these lines and now do them with a, a voice. Teach your stuffed animals how to put on a play, which is what I did when I was a little kid. You know, I took all my stuffed animals and they did plays and they did all kinds of stuff. So they were very educated stuffed animals. The question is, do you still do that? Uh, not as much anymore. <laughs> I, I don't have quite as much time, but uh, you know, hey... As a classroom teacher for over 32 years, I was not afraid to uh, drag out a, a, a hand puppet or two every once in a while. And again, this creative play in the Adventures Club is for these little ones who are five, six, seven years old. Right. There's so much evidence that even starting earlier than that, we really need to trigger the creativity. And if we don't start triggering creativity and get away from repetitive motions, repetitive ideas, then uh, it, it makes it more difficult later in life to get people to think, as we say as adults, think outside the box. Right. Which really means be creative. Yeah. Don't do the same thing over and over again. Well, this makes me think of one of my favorite toys as a kid was Lego. Exactly. You remember Lego. Oh, yeah. Building blocks. Mm -hmm. But the first Legos, and I got my first one at probably in about 1965 for a Christmas gift, was just blocks. That's yep. it. Nothing more than that. So it was a bunch of blocks, so I had to create whatever. Exactly. Now, of course, Legos are, it's sort of like a, a prefab type of thing. Everything is told, here's how you make this thing, and this is what this whole set is for. And it takes the creativity away. To some extent. Uh, yeah. But then you get people. I, I have a couple of nephews that I've purchased several Legos for them. And, Still. Oh, that yeah. is great. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they will, uh, they'll take them. They'll build them. And then they'll start making alterations. Aha. So oh, that's good to know. Yeah. That My first set of Legos, my grandparents bought me. It was a a big plastic tray that had different blocks in it. Yeah. And there was a picture book of things that you could build. Could. They didn't tell you how to do it. Right. So you had to figure out how to make yours look like the picture. How to make a roof. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so the creative kids are still out there. They take, you know, they'll put all their Lego sets together. And then the uh, the ones who are very systematic then have to take them apart and put all the parts back Ooh. with the correct mm. set. Yeah. Different personalities. Oh, yeah. And learning how to work with different personalities. Exactly. Well, uh, that's the K through two or mm -hmm. second grade right. program. 
What do you have for kids who aren't playing with Legos anymore? Wait a minute. I still play with Legos. Be well, careful. I do too. So, oh, okay. you know, so don't let anybody know. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Go on. So for our uh, grades three through five, approximate, and six through eight in the fall, we're offering a what we call a triple threat. Again, it's creative dramatics because creative dramatics is a very broad brush. It's basically looking at, at anything theatrical from a creative lens mm. and trying to come up with creative ideas in that construct which it's so it's a very very broad brush so uh, all of our classes like that we are calling creative dramatics and this one is subtitled triple threat mm-hmm. so triple threat if you're not familiar uh is basically singing dancing and acting um, sounds like musical to oh, me. oh yeah that's yeah. Uh, that's the fodder for for the musical mm-hmm. i mean we 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 need people in musicals who can speak beautifully but maybe can't sing or dance and there are people who dance who might not be able to sing and then we have people who can sing but maybe aren't the best actors and you know the park and bark bunch uh, as we call them put me in a spot and have me sing <laughs> so with I perfect, like that park and, like bark. Park and yeah, bark yeah yeah that's uh, that comes to us from the upper world Ooh. uh yeah with a triple threat it's uh, we're aiming at people who can sing who can act and can put movement with it and do it all at the same time. In your experience, have you noticed that once Hamilton came along, the big musical, well, what is that? Like, is that about 10 years ago that it first hit Broadway? Oh, not no? quite. Not or quite, less. Not, huh? quite, not quite that old yet. Did that make kids say, wow, I want to get into that? You know, about every four or five years, we, we get a musical like that. If, okay. If you go back, I mean... Cats in the eighties. That was oh my god! Everybody wanted to be a cat, um, <laughs> and and then fa- you know Phantom and Les Mis. Everybody wanted to be a poor urchin climbing up the, uh, you know, climbing up the the barricade, right? Um, and then Wicked, of course, uh-huh. uh, and then Hamilton. And so every about every five to ten years, there's. The kind of the benchmark musical for a group of people. Of course, right now, kids who are early in college and high school, that that was Hamilton. You know, it's great music, and and I, I love it. I listen to it a lot. Uh, but my favorite Lynn Miranda piece is uh, In the Heights, uh-huh. uh, which I did get to see on Broadway. It was amazing. It, it's just beautiful, the, the music, and you can tell that for him, it was a, a work of passion and love. So that was a beautiful experience seeing that. Now, when I was 12 years old, Rick Armstrong, the first album I ever had was the original cast recording of Hair. Okay. Hair was the thing mm-hmm. that, that changed Broadway. Oh, yeah. I was able to see the last revival. Oh, really? Yes. So it was, uh, it's a great experience. But that changed that changed people's perception, and then you know, Rent in, yeah. in the '90s that really changed Broadway and changed people's perception of, in a lot of ways of what to expect from musical theater. Because you know, if if you look back the '30s, the '40s, the '50s, uh, everybody was happy. Occasionally, there were there were some social issues, but but not a lot. Not a lot. Um, yeah. And then and then when we hit Rent, people felt it was okay to start talking about. Um, 
the hell that life is yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Not everything is bright and sunny, and yet people can still find a reason to sing and, and, uh, and find happiness and sadness. How would that play with today's high school student? Oh, they, a lot of high school students still absolutely adore pieces of Rent because it, it still speaks. It doesn't speak in quite the same way today as it did when it came out because, you know, that was really one of the first times that people were openly discussing the AIDS crisis and how that was affecting society and the impact that that crisis has had on the Broadway community. It, it, it became the moment where people could actually go, hey, we can talk about this. And we need to talk about this because people that we know are dying around us. Mm-hmm. And and so that, as those groundbreaking moments, um, it kind of opened that up that now we can talk about this. We can actually find a reason to sing and act and, and perform in, in really kind of a dark background, but find those moments of happiness and joy. Which, when you look at, at Rent, there are those moments of, of joy and, and celebration. And then there are also those very sad and tender and dear moments. Now, speaking of dark moments <laughs> and light moments, there's going to be a musical coming up, staged by Stages Bloomington Theater Company. It's called 13 The Musical. There's a little bit of darkness in it because... The kid is going through some trauma. Uh, yeah, uh, 13, the musical. We are actually co-producing this with Jewish Theater Bloomington. And so uh, this is not the first time that we have actually uh, collaborated on a piece. So 13, the kind of bookends of it, young kid, his parents get a divorce. He moves from New York his where he loves everything and everything's great. He goes to a great synagogue. He's happy. He's ready for his bar mitzvah. And his parents get divorced and his mother moves him to Indiana. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and he is now in a new situation, in a new setting, having to transverse this whole new dynamic all in the background of preparing for his bar mitzvah. Uh-huh. And uh, he, Evan concentrates, the character's name is Evan, he concentrates a lot on the, the party of his bar mitzvah. Who's he going to invite? And, you know, he wants, is it the popular people that school? Is it the football player and the cheerleaders? Or is it, you know, these other people who, who kind of are not the popular kids at school, but they show up to be really good friends. Uh-huh. And so he has to make this decision. Who who really does he want to be there? And what is going to happen to make his bar mitzvah party the best that it can be? <laughs> and the nice thing about this is, and not to give away too much, but uh, one of the really nice things, we get to see him develop. Uh-huh. He actually has to make decisions about what what his life is going to be like. Appropriate because uh, the bar mitzvah is the ritual that says you're an adult. Yeah. And so how how does he paint his own adulthood? With whom does he align himself? 
I think a lot of us, especially as adults, we we look back at our lives and realize, oh, that moment we aligned ourselves with the right people, and eh, this other time not so much. <laughs> so and and so as a 13 year old in a new environment and uh, with uh, a new school and prepping for his bar mitzvah, it's uh, we we get to watch Evan go through this struggle. And uh, as you've alluded to before. You've got the triple threat going on here. There's acting, there's singing, there's dancing. People are going to learn. Oh, yeah, yeah. And who's going to star in this? We don't know yet. We will know uh, coming up soon in September. Right now, auditions are slated for the 15th of September and the 17th. So it's a Thursday evening and a Saturday afternoon. And we will be auditioning at the Monroe County Public Library downtown. We have the auditorium, so we will be uh, asking people to prepare a monologue, comedic or serial comedic monologue of one to two minutes, and um, they need to come prepared with 16 or 20 measures of a Broadway-style song of their choosing. Wow. Something that would kind of fit with the idea of 13, the musical. And we're just going to uh, let people sign up. So uh, it's not quite up yet, but it will be on our website later this week. Uh, And coming out in our newsletter, we have a newsletter coming out in the next couple of days that will have links to both the classes and sign-ups for our auditions for 13, the musical. So anybody who wants to be in this program, and what are the age limits? So we are, because the, the people in the cast are supposed to be 13, and we realize that maybe not everybody who is 13 is comfortable or ready for a role like this. We are kind of broadening our scope a little bit. So mm-hmm. we are looking, we will accept people who are eighth grade age to high school seniors. The one requirement is that, well, there's more than one requirement. So here's the little re- bit of requirements that we <laughs> uh. have there. You need to be able to pull off the look of a 13-year-old within reason. And, you know, we're really looking for people who can sing and and act and, and dance. So none of this park and bark. No, 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 no. You're going <laughs> to be moving. I love this. I love that term. I just learned it oh. uh, uh, through our guest, Rick Armstrong, the new executive director of Stages Bloomington Theater Company. Park and bark means you just stand there and sing. Yeah, they use it in opera. Sometimes they'll have a person who is, has absolutely the gorgeous voice, but could not, uh, as they say, act the way out of a paper bag. Here's another thing that goes on at Stages Bloomington. There's an artist-in-residence program. What's that all about, Rick? Well, the previous executive director named Pat Gleason, yep. who many people will know by name or, or uh, by reputation. A force of nature, I understand. That's what I have been told. Yeah. Um, I, didn't, I never worked with Pat directly, but she was very, uh, very good at, at organizing and getting things going and, and getting things done. Mm. And uh, one of her things that she kind of initiated with us was the Teen Artist in Residence program which is open to uh, students who are going to be juniors and seniors in high school. And I think on occasion they have let college freshmen join uh, the group. And it's a limited number. I think normally it's 10 to 12 students. So you're talking about 16, 17, 18? Yeah. We bring them together. Uh, It is an audition group. And they come together and they work on some special projects. They sometimes will assist with classes. And then they will have some of their own special projects in the works. 
and they are uh, they they can audition for the the correct you know uh, stages show, and and there's hope maybe even in the future that they would have perhaps even their own kind of stages. Uh, performance for the for them and uh, one of my goals with this group is uh, getting it reformed we kind of lost touch with the program because of the pandemic and with pat's passing uh and so that several made, years ago suddenly died yes, yes. in 2019 in, yeah i believe november of 2019 and then just months later you know we were right in the thick of the pandemic Yeesh. So uh, it was difficult to keep a program like this going where people need to be in contact with each other. But they would have outings. They would go to see uh, see shows together. Pat would bring in uh, people from the university, people from outside of the university who were theater professionals uh, to be able to talk with the students. Uh, they would go places, uh, tour, you know, tour the buildings at IU that were uh, pertinent to theater. Uh, and so this is, is really something that I would like to see happen. We, we've talked about this year, it's probably a little tight for us to be able to get that going. Uh, we might have some events for uh, students who are that age uh, for in the spring, uh, a one or two get-together kind of thing to, uh, to meet and greet and, and talk about the program and then really hit the ground with that over the summer so that they are ready to um, form, totally form in the fall of 2023. Now, as we say, there's classes, workshops, there's summer camps. They get to perform. Who teaches all this stuff? We actually get people from the community, people from the area. We we like to think of not just Monroe County, but the surrounding counties as well. Okay. And, and we draw people from, from those areas. Uh, some people uh, have been teachers. Uh, some people are university uh, professors who come and teach our classes. Uh, some people are theater professionals. They performed in various aspects of, of theater. Some are university students as well who will come and they will teach classes. And we are constantly looking for people. So if you have some skill that you are really wanting to to pass on to the next generation, um, you can go to our website, which is stagesbloomington.org, and there is actually a short survey that you can fill out. We're going to ask for your name, obviously, and your phone number and your email address so we can get in touch with you. But the types of things that uh, if you'd like to volunteer or we do have paid positions, most of our teaching staff will be uh, given some stipend uh, at some point in time. But uh, if you would like to help with production class or if you have uh, talents that you would like to share, uh, even in volunteer. Uh, we are need, you know, we constantly need people for costuming, people to set and run lights and sound and build and paint sets and scenery and teach classes. And all those things that you just mentioned, the kids can learn skills in those areas too. But not only will they be on stage, but backstage. Right. Because not every kid wants to be on stage. Well, we've done it again. Our chat with this week's Big Talk guest, Rick Armstrong, the new executive director for Stages Bloomington Theatre Company, a program for young people, has gone over our allotted half-hour time slot. So, as usual when we get to talking and talking and talking, 
We're splitting this up into two segments. This week we talked about stages. Next week we'll delve into who Rick Armstrong is. So join us right here on WFHB next Thursday at 5.30 p.m. for part two. This is Michael Glab for Big Talk.